been to Thailand? You have? I don't think so. I mean, I know I haven't. I don't know why I'm asking. Yeah. I, I prefer yeah. to pronounce it Thai at us. But Me too, yeah. yeah. I was calling it Thai at USA the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to teach everyone um, their assigned roles in the happy birthday song. That way I never <laughs> have to hear oh. it out of, like, out of tune again. Like, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh <gasps> Jacob, do the counterpoint underneath. Nolan, you go like right above him, and and Brian, sing it like you mean it. Okay, now let's let's yes. try this again. <laughs> That's the best note you could ever give Brian. What, I mean, does he ever nod? <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, I've never heard Brian really kind of like half sing. Now that I think about it, he either does it or he doesn't do it. Right. Fair. Nora's birthday. <laughs> they were stressed out. Because Nora was stressed out about Olaf being there. That's funny. Because, um, like, I I get Adrian being a little ball of nerves. Jake yeah. is a little ball of nerves. Sure. Like yeah. it's, and that's, like, what he's around. But, like, Brian and Whitney are both pretty, like mellow and chill about most things like brian is is usually pretty good about being able to brush things brush things oh, yeah. off pretty well yeah you know yeah. and like not letting his like anger or frustration get the get the better of him so i find it find it interesting or funny for for nora to um freak out over a nine foot tall olaf yeah yeah <laughs> well just yeah for her yeah for her to be a little more uh overtly uh, emotional that is true because yeah. she did immediately start crying yeah she was not into it well yeah. you sh- she was fine after a couple of minutes i think brian and whitney have a lot of patience that's something you just don't see in a small child yeah. but they are very yeah. excitable that and is Whit- true whitney can get very angry very fast oh, yeah. yeah for sure i get what you're saying though that's like you kind of see like a distilled version the essence of the parents in, in yeah. the child. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just the way that the combinations happen. Right. Um, Your family sang really well yesterday, though. That was, yeah, that was interesting. So, uh, Choir being mandatory, I think, is part of that. Yeah. yeah man, it that's, really that's did. That's what, what I want. That's all I want is for, like, people to sing Happy Birthday on key. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of you, so sing it well. Like, I want to cry from the, like, harmonic <laughs> complexity Honestly, yeah. okay. of Happy Birthday. Yeah, they never get that far. There's no, there's no chord extensions. Yeah. <laughs> there's no... <laughs> Man, I, I don't know why, but I woke up... Have you ever listened to any um, Backstreet Acapella? Surprisingly, yes. Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It is good. Yeah. It's super good. Yeah. Like, and not just like the acapella tracks, but them doing like actual like acapella versions yeah. of songs because they'll do like, like proper. I would honestly say they were probably the last great vocal group that I can think of. I mean, obviously, you know, like, um, like Boys to Men and all that, but that's in that same late 90s pop R&B uh, era. Yeah, I can't think of another, like, 
I mean, fucking, I hate to say this, but, uh, oh, there's no way to know, actually, anymore if they can actually sing. But, uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh Korean group, uh, uh, it's, it's like, it's like, an, it's um, like a, uh, acronym, uh, BTS? Yeah, it's like an yeah. alphabet organization for right. <laughs> a Korean, uh, PSYOP. But, yeah, BTS. Um, I haven't I haven't listened to them. I just assume that it's like incredibly like fake and processed. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Certainly. Yeah. I I would I would have to imagine so. They're very entertaining though. They're, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's what it's product. It's all production value. Yeah. It's like yeah. These these are the most chick looking dudes that ever though. So I know I know that's so fucking like stereotypical to say mm-hmm. because very my western f- eyes can't see androgyny they're very on the femme side <laughs> of androgyny though right and exactly yeah um they they they're um the some of the surgery that has happened to the face yeah bought, like they've got that surreal like um, I don't want to say that as in like shaming surgery, but like it's very jarring. No, I totally get the like kind of dystopian vibe into yeah the the oh, level yeah. of plastic surgery that happens in like Southeast Asia. Uh, I, uh, my friend that stays in uh, South Korea uh, who teaches there like mentions that almost every single girl that can't afford to do it has facial surgery. It's yeah, it's like a weird cultural. Um, uh, just facet of, of that area. I mean, if it's like super popular, I'm sure it's like relatively cheaper than it would be here. And then apparently well, like they're, yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's just South Korea is very much a capitalist sort of wet That's dream. Fair. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, I think it's, it's strange. It's almost like they're in a proto fascist movement too, but it, it's whatever <laughs> the, <laughs> But um, we're all fine. But yeah, it's all good. But speaking of um, uh, of those words you just said, um, <laughs> um, I've it's been bugging me recently. Actually, hold. On, I'm gonna make sure our levels are good before we get too far into this. All right. Oh, Britannia. But I didn't like see. grow up in that era of like R&B and hip hop, so like I haven't really listened to. I don't think we did either. I think that was just like kind of an inherited nostalgia for that era of rap music, okay. because like the rap that came out when we were adolescents, or at least me particularly, was very uh, surface level and like kind of that like second era of MTV rap where it wasn't just about like a new level of visibility it was about just uh, exploitation of the form I um I actually have don't have nos- much nostalgia about rap whenever I was like mm, early teens like it's yeah. it's earlier stuff that I mainly lo- yeah. because of like the like church condition and all of that that I came into later, but also that I don't, I didn't like the the change that happened because I come into my teen years as a musician, you know, like 
as I'm developing in that way, I'm also like actually learning guitar for the first time and actually like starting to see things through that perspective. So like there isn't a, p a point where I can separate like um, my social identity and like my like values and tastes from that perspective of like organic music. You know what I mean? So like I'm always from beginning judging everything from those two lenses intersecting uh, and I don't think there's m and in general in like and I will say this for like our genre of music that things have have become increasingly uh, synthesized and like sampleized oh yeah perfected um, and algorithmized in the last yeah. like 20 years and I think rap because of its nature is a lot closer to that change and everything kind of goes out from from that but I find yeah. like I think like yeah. rap from the mid 2000s on is incredibly boring because it's incredibly boring musically is basically what yeah I'm yeah it's like yeah that's that's pretty much exactly what I was getting at is just that uh, like after the the new like revelation in rap music because of like MTV and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, like a, a, you got diminishing returns from that point because it became less about getting a platform for an art form that you were already performing and more about just being able to recreate this. Like what, if you were looking at it from very, um, cynical and, uh, exploitative, right. uh, lenses, you'd see, you would see it as just really easy to produce, really cost-effective, yeah, and uh, just you know, obviously it sells like motherfucker, but like you know, right. that's yeah, kind of how you get a dominant pop it's genre. Like do, it's like doing um, like unboxing videos, or honestly, like just low-effort streaming or something. Like yeah, there is, and there is an artistic um, element. But it's being completely stripped of its essence and commod and commodified. It's just oh, yeah. that that is just another input into the machine. Yeah. Which, what I was gonna say, I think there's been like a regenesis of the like original means, like voice to the voiceless kind of stuff. Yeah. Just because you know bedroom music is now like technology is caught up in such a way that we can we there, can produce things that there is. But I think there's a dark side to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's actually what I was going to say is I, I love singles. Like, I love, like, a, a song. I love the, I, the idea and the challenge of doing something between 250 and 330 that actually has a complete idea and isn't, you know, just lowest common denominator. It's, it's a challenge. It's... It's part of our history and, like, culture. But at the same time, I hate the fact that it's not um, the ebb and flow of the audience that has pulled us from the album back to the single. It's the algorithm. Yeah. You know, there's nothing... I would say that the 90s are really, when you think about it, a single time. Like, yeah, there's some albums that stand out, like Millennium or, or No Strings, but mostly 
you th- when you think about like the '90s, you think about the singles that that came out. You know what I mean? Like you don't like it's you don't really think about albums. And then in 2000s, the album really starts to come back in a big way. Obviously, you know you have uh, Blink self-titled and Green Day's American Idiot and Chuck and the Black Parade, but you know you also have um, fucking. Um, Oh, what's the fucking um, Outcast record with uh, Stank on you? Yeah, you know you have things. You have things like that. Um, but now I don't because they were good albums and complete thoughts. You know, like yeah. they were designed to to be um, to be albums, and the singles were secondary to that. Um, but now I don't think that anybody could like. You can't make an album that's so good that it's more powerful than the Spotify algorithm and, you know, that machine that's just completely stripped of, like, label input or anything like that. It's all just what gets, just how the machine works. And so, yeah, the technology is there and available, but But now the middleman is also cut out by just the man himself being bigger right. and more able to yeah constrain the things that are produced because the man has sublimated him himself to to the algorithm yeah, you know there exactly. isn't there isn't a middleman anymore because it's become unnecessary yeah. but the the value there is still a value to the middleman and that and like and a buffer between like Frank's capital and of, yeah have to engage directly with the machine and i don't know like like thinking about like foxes foxes is an album band and i'm excited about the singles but i don't want it to turn into just entirely pushing singles or to restructure the album in a like in a way to put the singles first because the i think the album should an album should stand apart from the moment that it's in as much as it can you know and have like longevity and not be so swayed by the the trends of you know like track listing and flow and and all of that so i don't know i'm torn about the moment that we're in as as artists oh by the way um welcome to phantom nonsense we're going to talk about um the bad batch finale and um let's see what if and of course, some Red Dead too, and drumroll. Um, if you want more Red Dead content, I just pulled a fucking video essay out of my ass in the last couple of days, and is up on the YouTube channel now, so you can go watch that. Oh, uh, sick! Talking about um, one villainous scene, talking about the moment that Dutch leaves Arthur uh, behind at the oil refinery. Because I think I had a, I sh- it took me a while to decide what I wanted to do it about about Dutch, maybe crosshair, but I feel like I need there needs to be more time with crosshair to really understand him completely as a villain to do a, like an analysis on him, at least for me, or uh, something else. And then when I decided on Dutch, it took me a minute to decide exactly what moment to analyze. But I think that moment um, is a really it's kind of like the pivot point where you while you spend the like the entire second game 
knowing what Dutch turns out to be in the first game and knowing that at the beginning of the game he, you know, killed Heidi McCourt. You know, all these things are going yeah. in your head, but your experience of Dutch is so positive through, the, like, the first three chapters that you don't want to believe it, and you keep denying, and Arthur keeps denying that he's, um, that he's changed. Then in that moment, you kind of, it collides, and you can't, you have to confront because Dutch is leaving you behind in that moment, you know, like. Yeah. Um, but that is getting a little bit ahead of Who where did? We oh, wait. We can come back to that question. No, what's up? Um, wait, so in the first game, Dutch <coughs> killed who at the very beginning? No, it, before, um, before the beginning of Red Dead 2. So before the beginning of the story, when they Got are you. Okay. robbing the Blackwater Ferry. Dutch killed a girl yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. Do we know what that is? We know it. Her name was Heidi McCourt, um, and I. We don't know how. We just. You can kind of piece together through different points of dialogue and and stuff throughout the game um, that he didn't need to kill her. There's a moment in Red Dead One uh, where you first see Dutch. And you're in the bank at Blackwater, and he has a woman hostage. Yeah. And he's like perfectly able to get away, but just for the shock value and just to like stall for a moment, he fucking kills her. Yeah. And I imagine it's that's pretty much a parallel gotcha. to uh, to the scene with Heidi McCourt that we never saw, and that Arthur never saw. I'm I'm spoiling my own essay, um, but anyway. But I think we'll start with uh, with what if, since that's fresh and new. Uh, we don't have as much Red Dead to talk about this week because we had a couple episodes of What If to catch up on, and uh, and we have to talk about the the Bad Batch. But so I think we'll we'll go in in that order. So um, so let's talk about Captain Carter. Yeah. Really liked that episode. That I first episode kicked yeah. ass. I I found the animation jarring at first. In like, the dialogue scenes, absolutely. Yeah. Any oh yeah, once it got to the action and once it got to, you know, stuff that was prevised and everything, it looked yeah. that looked great. Um the weird the, the like the weird I'm guessing it was mocap. It looked like it was mocapped in the in like their motions and everything and like yeah. the frame rate was hard to get used to. By the time either they upped it in the second episode or by the time that we get to the second episode I'm used to it and it doesn't bother me anymore. But that's yeah. Yeah. I noticed that at first. But the Thanos made me uncomfortable like visually to look at. Yeah. Thanos' whole presence in that second episode. I loved Thanos in the second episode. Ugh. But, um, but, yeah, the first episode, I... Peggy Carter is one of my favorite characters in the MCU. And if you haven't watched Agent Carter, especially the first season, the second season's good, but it's it's not as good as the, as the first. Its biggest flaw is they pull that and then they move to California oh. in the second season because they of course they're always shooting in California but it's it's cheaper to say you're in California than to make California look like New York yeah. you know so yeah. like 
and California is very different from New York, so it changes. I mean, it's the same thing that happened in Mad Men season four or five, whichever one it was, where Draper goes to goes to California. This the the vibe of a show changes when you like shift that perspective. Um, but it's <laughs> it's still fine. It's still a good season, but. Uh, Peggy's a great character, and yep. Haley Atwell plays her so well. And I, one thing I I loved that the uh, Amazon twink, um, like romance yeah. that happens, like it's pretty even, sweet. Like even in like this universe where they're completely flipped, even like more so, because Peggy is naturally stronger than scrawny steve yeah she's stronger with the serum yeah and he's weaker than her naturally so there's like even more of a like gap of physical capability but they still see the same things in each other that they see like regardless yeah you know like it's sweet yeah the you're my hero scene kind of really drives that point home yeah yeah of it being like your character is what makes you you know attractive to people and it's what is actually valuable in you as a as a person um and uh it's been a minute since i've since i've watched that one but i mean it's it mo it's mostly um the first avenger yeah you know there's not there's not too many changes um peggy doesn't fuck around with any of that USO shit, so no. shit gets done a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, um, we get the fucking Cthulhu thingy, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure they've said by now, or people have guessed right, I can't remember what weird fucking thing it, uh, it was, but, and of course, Peggy gets dragged into the future, but I don't think that old Steve is going to be waiting for her because he was fucking sick as shit whenever he, before he got the serum. Yeah. So yeah. he probably did not last much longer. Um, and of course we get, um, what do they call it? The, um, the fucking proto Iron Man. Oh yeah. What did they Hydra call it? Stomper. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Powered by the Tesseract. So, Buck, so, implications of this episode, though. Um, Bucky's never captured, and so never turned into the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Howard and his wife don't aren't killed. Um, the The Tesseract is secured. Um. I think of what else was like would have like long lasting like repercussions. Oh, Red Skull died. Yeah. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> he got smooshed. And the uh, Wilhelm scream, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Somebody had one maybe. Maybe it wasn't him. I don't know. But um I'm pretty sure that we'll revisit this universe again because 
Peggy's in a scene with uh, Doctor Strange, I think it is, in the trailer. Cool. So we'll come, we'll come back to, to that eventually. I'd have been fine with this entire series just being Agent Carter in a, in a variety of different scenarios. Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> honestly, I thought the the second episode was a little bit of a dip in my in my in my opinion, just in in terms of quality. I don't know. I do love the fact that we now have a new nickname for uh, the Black Panther, fucking T'Challa, yeah. Cha Cha. Cha Cha. It's pretty good. Yeah, did you get um, like Emma Frost vibes from the like portrayal of Emma Frost in First Class specifically uh, from the portrayal of uh, Nebula in the second episode? No, I was getting like this lady's English or the American accent or whatever she's trying to do isn't isn't selling me anymore. <laughs> is it is it the same lady that played her in? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the only one so far... I kind of felt that about her in general. She's doing that thing that like people do when they try to do an American accent where they just kind of like grit their teeth. <laughs> I'd, I mean, I guess I could assume that... Who plays Gamora? I can't remember right now. Um, Gamora? Yeah. Zoe Saldana. But yeah. uh, uh, Nebula is played by... What's her fucking name? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, like Molly, no. Uh, Shannon, Shannon right? Hold on. Doherty? No. I, th- I think I, I don't know. But yeah. she, she is Scottish, I think. Oh, okay. Um, Fuck, no, it's yeah, Karen I, Gillian. Karen Gillian, yeah. yeah. And yes, she is Scottish. Oh, yeah, Scottish. Gillian, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, can, I can hear the, the, the Scottish in her, especially in... Um, in game and infinity war i can hear the um, fucking like anger and like the like yeah. the undercurrent of scottish like rage right. that's why can't it. nebula be scottish why can't that just be like a, right. a feature of her getting like techno tortured now she's scottish or you know she could be from space scotland it doesn't matter like um, why would she have an american accent you know like I I think the I enjoy the first one more, but I honestly I enjoy or find uh, the first Captain America to be one of the better movies in the MCU. It didn't grab me for a while. I don't know. It's been a while since I've come back to it too. But yeah, I don't know. For the fir- for the I think I had just gotten done reading like the. I had this uh, graphic novel of, like, the uh, original, like, Captain America run, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had reread that, like, ten times, and I don't know, maybe the the form got boring to me for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty, like... I I never really gave a shit about Captain America, so I didn't... Yeah. I never... It wasn't that I thought... I thought it was a great, like, it kind of, like, was beat for beat very similar to... Yeah. ...to the comics. It's just, you know, I don't know. Some, something about it didn't grab me. I, I guess it didn't feel novel enough, and that's what that's what didn't grab me at first. I think because I saw Winter Soldier, and I loved that. Cause I think that's what I like so much about it, because um, it sits at that perfect place between like, um, like the like the Raimi films and like the Dark Knight trilogy, and like that 
mid-era comic book movie that's only a comic book movie on on paper. Yeah. You know, like you could re- you could replace Spider-Man or Batman in those movies with basically any generic hero or character, and it doesn't really change any anything. Yeah. Like they're not. And that's my big problem with those with those movies. But then I I think most MCU movies um, go too far the other way and are too lean too heavily into genre. Yeah. Um, whereas like The Winter Soldier is just for me just a really good war movie that couldn't really work with any other hero besides Captain America. You know, like, he's essential to it, but it's not just... There's not, like, a huge, like, alien fight scene and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a little bit more grounded while still having enough gravitas to necessitate the character. Um, That's kind of why I like the sequel, too, is because it just feels like a spy movie that happens to be... Yeah. Yeah. Featuring Marvel characters. I, yeah, I would say uh, both um, Winter Soldier and Civil War uh, still maintain that better than most Marvel movies. But yeah, I enjoyed the Cap movies, um, the original Cap trilogy, more than I do the Guardians movies. Like, yeah. the Guardians movies are, like, they're fun, but I feel like there's more to get out of the cat movies and in 30 minutes um i don't know some people say that the that the first episode has too much going on like they've hacked too much in a small episode and i can i can see that too like but i didn't feel that way i didn't feel I like didn't it feel had that way but i can see that perspective i think it had a lot of difference i don't know it felt it felt the way I enjoy the first Cap movie and the way I enjoyed that first episode are very similar because I yeah. like to think about them as like, um, like propaganda from the perspective of the culture that created it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like that Starship Troopers thing, except instead of it being like pastiche because of that, of it being like an imagined uh, uh, propagandized piece of media that's like it's just a a it's, it feels like a period piece, you know? It feels like the kind of thing that would appeal to yeah. somebody of that generation. Maybe not the whole, oh, I've never seen a dame fight like that, or whatever. whatever the, right. the, the fucking... Was that Dum Dum Dugan? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All without a Y chromosome. <laughs> Amazing. God. You're lucky to even be in the room... Yeah, um, but I found the second one to be, like, the first one has a lot more, like, implications of, since that's kind of, like, ground zero of the MCU, um, like, how it goes out from there, you can imagine a lot of different things being different, but um, the second episode, I felt like the changes were a lot more immediate. Yeah. You know, you were li- you were living with the differences right. between... So that was that was a lot of fun. Like, obviously, um, I don't want to say redeemed Thanos 
because he still seems pretty convinced that his yeah. idea was a good one. It sounds one. like genocide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which it obviously is. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what did he Also, it's not efficient. He keeps saying that. It's not. Yeah. It's efficient. Yeah, yeah. You waste a, a ton of resources actually killing the people. Right? So, like. I mean. It's, it's on the face of it, it's less effective than distribution. Yeah. I, I mean, because we know that animals die. You know, so even if you don't assume that you just stop life at um, sentient and and animals, you know, and you yeah. don't include like plants or anything like bacteria, lower, right? Anything lower down, you're still killing not only half the population, but also, let's say, a quarter or more of the food supply. Yeah, at the very least, the math is incredibly lazy. Yeah. Uh, to just be like, there are haves and have-nots. I see a 50-50 split here. Yeah. Obviously, that's what we need. But then not distinguishing between destroying the haves and have-nots. That's it's insane. It's like, it's a great idea because it's random. It's not genocide. It's random. <laughs> I guess you could make the claim that it is just like um, not technically genocide. Because it's not, not targeted? specifically targeting... Well, I guess you could say it is because it's targeting life and, and life is expressed through like genetic, you know, manifestation. But like genocide in specific, doesn't it mean like killing genes? Um, hold on, I got I to gotta put that down. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, man. Which part of that did you put down? Who knows? Not technically genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? It's like... Why would you even argue that fact? If you're, like, discussing the the parameters and the fucking minutiae around the reasons why you murdered millions of people, it doesn't really matter at that point. That's the like deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular nation or ethnic group with the aim of destroying that entire nation or group. Okay. So, yeah, it's not that technically It's not genocide. technically it's not genocide. Technically. Still. Because it's it, yeah. just... Still a bad Bro- move. It's broader than that. Like, yeah. It's yeah. random. Yeah. So he's not technically, by the dictionary definition, wrong. It's just good old-fashioned mass murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's random, so it's efficient. Now, this isn't the first time that we've seen him in the MCU, but this is the first time we've act- he's actually been characterized uh, and like had a conversation with someone. And... Uh, I am happy to meet uh, Seth Green as Howard the Duck mm, in yes. this episode. Yeah. He just kind of disappeared. I guess he just ran off after his scene was done. Yeah, I guess that so. It was weird. They kind of they didn't really land him. Because they could have had him be part of the escape plan right. very easily. No. But, uh... Maybe it's just to tease him for, like, something later. Yeah, like like I said, he was in... Um, I think he's in Guardians 1 or 2, like, just in, like, in the background yeah. scene. Either that or Infinity War, because that's, that, we have yeah. another collector scene there, yeah. and that's where Tobias is, I think. Right. Oh, um, my gosh. But, yeah, and this is what I su- suspect about most of these episodes, like, since they're just little twists on things we've seen 
before in some way. There's really not as much to like to dissect and, and analyze. You know, like T'Challa's a better Star Lord than Quill. Oh yeah, obviously. I, obviously, but there's really not much more to say about it than that. You know, like yeah. That, that Peter Quill works at Dairy Queen, and his and his father found him. Um, so we'll see if we come back to that. We'll see what uh, what becomes of that and how that shapes up differently. But you know, obviously, this is all leading to how like you can just imagine over the course of. Uh, 80 years or so how many how much changes you know just from little things yeah. that happen in the timeline so how do you get to so many different Nathaniel Richards um, in the year 3000 or so well that's how you know little yeah. just itty bitty things but um, you know um uh, Praise and worship to our Lord and Savior, Sylvie, for breaking the timeline and giving us this fun new content. Because fucking a, a, a thousand times over, right? Because if time keeps happening, like circular, then the events keep occurring over and over again. Which makes the whole, like, Nexus thing on, um, on Lamentus kind of, like, fall apart when you think about it. Because there's, there is a version of them that, that dies on Lamentus, and there is a yeah. version of them that is saved, because they're always going to save them before Lamentus ends, because, you know what I mean? Like, they always will come into the moment before the end of the world. You know, like, they don't, ha- like, you know what I'm saying? Like... Not it, particularly. Okay. So when, when Sylvie and Loki are on Lamentis and they're about to die, the planet's crashing into the moon and everything, mm-hmm. and, they, um, and they can't get the Tim pad to work, and then the, the TVA shows up and saves them. Yeah. Well, the TVA was always going to show up at that moment. Because the TVA knows when, like, the actual, yeah. like, endpoint of Lamentis. Mm-hmm. So... There is no actual threat of them being destroyed, or at least a version of them is always going to survive. Yeah. yeah. Because it's always going to come. Right. You know, like. Right. So. So all eventualities, though. I mean, that's that's why it's infinite, you know. Exactly. It's an infinite right. number of variations. Could happen at any time. But. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how this whole sacred timeline thing ha- would have to work anyway. Right. right? It would just have to decide which through line would get to the specific yeah. scenario in which... Right, and, yeah. and, and that's why... And that's the justica- justification... For, I think we talked about this, for why um, all the shit Loki did was not cool, like uh, taking the the Tesseract and, you know, and then getting caught in the desert trying to declare himself God and all of that. That wasn't okay, but the Avengers fucking with the timeline to stop Thanos, that's fine. Well, yeah, because that already happened before the year 3000 or whenever um, when Nathaniel Richards discovers him himself in other universes yeah, and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that was his timeline that leads to the good, yeah, to the good Nathaniel yeah, Richards. Right. So even though it's breaking the rules, it has, 
they have to because if they don't, then that's a branch that will lead to, yeah. to a yeah. different one. Yeah. So, yeah, timey-wimey bullshit, but uh, at least we're having some fun with it right now. Um, this is, you know, the, the most most fun way to to do it. I'm interested to see how this all affects live action. Like, obviously, we won't see um, Star-Lord T'Chacha because, um, you know, Rip. Yeah. But... Um, We'll, pro- we'll probably see Captain Carter, which will be, you know, interesting uh, to see how they balance um, the new Captain Americas with each other. If if they show up in the same, like, team-up space. But, yeah, any other uh, thoughts on these, on these two episodes before we... On the what-if stuff? Uh, I'm just in for the ride. Like, yeah, honestly. I liked, yeah. The, I liked the first episode enough to be like, cool. I didn't, you know, second episode kind of a little bit of a dip, but still fun. Right. Yeah. Still, gr- still grabby enough. Um, uh, enough good moments in there, and just you know, I feel kind like of the premise of the show is entertaining enough. Just like, what if this thing yeah. happened? I will say, my last thought on this, um, that they have to shoot a Uatu in silhouette because he's so goddamn stupid looking. Mm-hmm. Like you could never show that that character fully illuminated because he's just a dude with a giant head right and a ridiculous cape <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i i pretty much go into this and were you, were you uh, gonna say something no it's fine and visions i don't fully remember yeah uh i i go into this and uh visions uh coming out next month um with the same kind of I don't. I'm not expecting or yeah. or holding any kind of like high standards of storytelling or something to this. It's along for the ride, along for something fun and you know just a a good a good premise. So you know, obviously, we don't have two hours of things to say like we do about an episode of Loki, but I also don't have anything bad to say like I would about other things. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be. Um, fucking, there's uh, there's going to be a like a Doctor Strange Spider-Man episode at some point. Yeah. And that's when I'm r- now that we've had the Peggy Carter episode, that's the next one that I'm really looking forward to. Because um, I don't don't get enough Spider-Man content in Marvel. Um, but yeah, so that's that and. Let's uh, hmm, let's let's go out west. Like I said, we don't have as many things, uh, Red Dead to to talk about. So, how was how was your week with with Arthur? What'd you guys get into? Oh man, fucking shit! Uh, I played the quest, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't really do any exploring or anything. Yeah, that's fine. That's kind of what I've been having to do because I haven't been playing, and so I'm like, gotta get through these missions. Yeah. Uh. Oh man, I forgot to shoot Sean down. That's always an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's it's just pays off better than just walking up and cutting him down. Yeah. Plus, I he deserves it. Fucking loudmouth. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- this I think was the first time that I actually like managed to get him down before everyone was killed but he still just fucking 
sits there. Why, like, why can't he fucking get himself out of it and, and help out a little bit? Like, I shoot him down. He's lazy. Yeah, piece of shit. Um, <laughs> just a dumbass. So did you go back to camp? Yeah. Um, did... <coughs> For the party? Yeah. Yeah. Danced with uh, Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, sang with the gang. Something did else strange happened. Did anything happen the next morning? Oh, I got the letter from... Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Kieran was... Uh, he's the only one I really interacted with. Oh, really? Yeah. Every time... If I hadn't done it to that point, which I never do, um, after the party and after Arthur gets done reading Mary's letter, you're f- I've been forced into the Strauss mission. Oh, that's what happened to oh, me. Okay. Yeah. But like yeah, that no, was that did mi- too. like yeah. that was missions ago though. No, no, no. Like the Downs mission. Yeah. yeah. It should have been missions ago. That was like one of the only two that I gave you this last week. I uh he just walked up to me and was like, "Hey, we're doing it." And it wouldn't let me save or get out and I hadn't oh. done the other mission yet. Okay. Huh. It triggered yeah, it after automatically. That, I think that morning he he talks to you. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's because he's hungover and he feels like being a shitty German asshole. After you do the first, however many you do, because you can just do, like, the one. Yeah, I did all of them, and then I came back to camp. And he's like, well, if it's if it's pleasure you're after, yeah. Then, yeah. and then you can a- avoid it. I've always been able to avoid it until mm-hmm. I rescued Sean, and then he's like, so that uh, that Downs guy needs you to take yeah. care of that. And yeah. I avoided him once. Beat him. I don't like his sort. A charitable giver. <laughs> a provider for his yeah. family. Man, I, I avoided him once, went out to hunt, came back, and when I was entering camp again, he was like, you have to go do it. I, and there's a couple things in this game that, like, like, God damn it, if you were to stop being an asshole, I could fucking get around the bullshit narrative you've locked me into. Yeah. Because, like, I light him the fuck up. Like, like I, I get there, I get off my horse, and he's in his field, and I just, like, tag him, like, 16 times with the, with the bolt action. Really? Yeah, because I know I have to. I'm just like, I'm just going to kill you. That way I don't have to have you cough in my face. <laughs> I have, I just, I that was so gross. There's... You can kill him by literally striking him just in the opening scenario and then threatening him yeah. throughout. But no. And like in the last in the last fight with uh, Micah at the end, I yeah. kick Micah's fucking ass. Right. Like yeah. I run roughshod over that piece of shit. And then he just but gets he's still yeah. yeah. It's just there's just some things unav- unavoidable. Yeah. But But yeah, so let's see what. When what else did we did we do? Uh, we, we so we rescued Sean. We fucking we beat a man to death <laughs> for a few bucks. God. Um, let's see. What else, was there any other mission you gave? Yeah, because um, there were there were two. There was, was it Uncle in town? No, we, we did that did one that last one. time. Yeah. Message I sent to you, Goose. Yeah, I completely forgot. Man, it really sucks that, like, you can just not, uh... I mean, 
it seems like if right after that, if you could just go take a bath, you know, you may get the, the schmutz off. But Arthur's dumbass. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. Um, it was the Spines of America. It was the first step. It was the first mission that you do to get in with Seamus at yeah. Emerald Ranch. Fucking. The, the fence. Oh, yeah. 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 How'd you do on that? I, hadn't, I haven't done that one yet. I just watched you do it. Yeah. What do you mean? How did I do on like, it? Best you can do is get in and out with no one seeing you and closing oh, things behind you. I apparently left one drawer open yeah, and I went during the day. And so I didn't realize so I looked up on the wiki later to make sure I did everything because I was like, did I fucking miss something? If I went at night, apparently I would have gotten a money clip. Yeah, and I felt shitty about it. But no, snug around, I left one drawer open, and I don't know which drawer it was, because I thought I closed everything. Like, I looked so hard. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. I never closed doors and drawers yeah. behind me. Like, Arthur does not grow up with that, like, perspective on yeah. on things. Like, wh- like, why would he really, really yeah. give a shit? Like, yeah. you, like the every time that you, like, eat something or smoke a cigarette or whatever. He just throws it. Just throws it, yeah. yeah. Like, also 50% of the of the refuse in America is from the Vandalin gang just fucking tossing their shit I out. cannot get past it whenever you, like, go to the... When you're talking to Jose and he's talking to fucking what's-his-name, Arthur just picks that cigarette off the ground, sticks it right into his mouth, and starts <laughs> smoking. Like, I've never noticed that. How did... I texted you immediately. Yeah, you did. Yeah, how, how did... Tuberculosis. How was that what got this boy? Well, I mean, that's kind of it's an, it's still an incredibly common cause of death. So yeah, even then, you know, I, even if he was just dying from smoking, fucking well, not four even cigarettes, smoking. he could be from tuberculosis. Not even from smoking necessarily. Just picking stuff up off the ground and putting it into his yeah. mouth. Yeah, he'll just pick a bird up off the ground, <laughs> yeah. rip it apart. Oh, I know. Yeah, that the missions didn't take very long. Um, what took me six fucking hours um, was I I decided that I wanted my horse, and so I rode up to Lake Isabella, and I oh that is the most. That's the only horse that I will break in the game. I will steal horses. I will buy horses. The only horse, because I have to, is the White Arabian. Mm. I love my White Arabian. It's pretty cool. Um, Beautiful. I fucking hate horses in real life, but if I had a horse, that's exactly what I would want. Um, I wish I didn't hate horses. I wish I didn't grow up so far removed from from that, because I hate cars even more. Um, yeah, I've been bucked off of horses a lot more than I've been in car wrecks, but um, I still I still hate cars way more than I hate horses. Um, but fucking beautiful animal. But God damn. First of all, um, it's just it's so hard to spot the damn thing because everything is white up there. Have you hunted for it yet or like? Uh, no. Oh, I'm I'm gonna do it this game. Right now I have a white thoroughbred named Mooney. Oh that's nice. Yeah. He's pretty cool. I, I stole a white thoroughbred. Um I actually broke this one. 
he gave me some shit. That's why I kept him. Because mm. I was like, he was like running through trees and stuff, so I yeah. couldn't lasso him. Uh, and then he got really drunk trying to get his stamina back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, okay, so it took me like two or three hours to find it because, well, I didn't have my uh, camp upgrade unlocked, so I didn't have the fast travel. So I'd actually go all the way up there and all the way back and everything. And I didn't, I thought I had my winter jacket with me, but I didn't. So I'm having to spend most of my time traveling. Well, hunting once I get up there because I'm cold. So I'm having to keep eating to like to stay healthy and to stay warm, which my options are shoot things with a bow in like white fucking blizzard and snow or shoot it, which scares everything and, you know, makes it harder to find the fucking horse and the great white buffalo that are that are up there. Um, but I eventually found the damn thing and I got bucked off of that motherfucker probably 30 fucking times trying to break it. Breaking in this game is so much harder than the first one to me. Um, Did you just go in the opposite direction of the horse's motion? But then the camera is moving. Yeah. You know, and so you're having to think about where the camera is, where the horse is going, where its ass is going. Whereas in the second or the first one, it's very fucking clear. You're looking directly at yourself on the horse and you're leaning one way or the other and you have to stay balanced on the horse. If you stay balanced long enough, you break it. I was only able to break the fucking thing because I got it stuck between two trees so it couldn't go anywhere. So it's <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I got that done. And I caught the great white buffalo and took it to the, to the trapper. Um, and you did the logging quest. Oh yeah, I got. Uh, what's it? I stole some logs from the uh, logging camp for the, the guy who's making his homestead. I, I I spread that out. I just met the um, the guy. Like I yeah. met him. I'll I'll go to the logging company. Like. That's one of those, like... Have you done the thing where you uh, pick the, the tree trunk off of the dude's leg? Not yet. No, like I said, I uh. just met... Actually, I'm not sure if I've gone to the logging company to meet them yet. Because I think that's the second time, or second or third time you go there. Is yeah. I had to rob them twice. Huh? I had to rob them twice. <laughs> Somebody was getting attacked by a wolf as I was driving the cart Uh-oh. back to the dude's house. Yeah. And so I, I hop up the cart as it's moving, <laughs> and it, like, careens Smashes. into these trees. And I'm like, I think it's going to fall off of the fucking edge of this cliff. Mm-hmm. But it just gets wedged in the trees. And so I'm like, uh, 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 fuck. Right. I saved the dude with the wolf. I sh- you shoot the wolf, and then it jumps off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then the dude immediately dies. Yeah. Not immediately. He says I, some I gave him a health care like a dumbass. Like, you're mm-hmm. supposed to give him whiskey, right? Because there's nothing else you can do for him. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Should have shot him, but I watched him bleed out. Yeah. Well, Serena was right next to me. She's like, "Are you gonna shoot him?" <laughs> I was like, He's dying. <laughs> like, I'm so used to games just being able to save them and forgot that Red Dead is bitter. Okay, and so dark. have we talked about about that? That is a little bit of a flaw in the honor system. What? I don't. I don't think if you like. If you ki- if you shoot uh, a horse or a dog or a person that is like dying, 
that shouldn't give you negative honor. Does yeah. it? It does. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've had some issues with the honor system, too. And it's because, so I'll play, and then I won't play for a while, and then I'll play again. So I keep fucking the controls up. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do something, and it'll be good. And then I'll go to do uh, the discussion, which is L2, right? And I'll oh. accidentally hit R2, and then the person will freak out, and I'll get well, negative. Even if I don't shoot them, just because it, my gun gets drawn. What it is, is if you are holding your gun, like... You'll aim at them. You'll, yeah, yeah, you'll aim at them and, like, and fire at them. If, if not, then you'll get your dialogue options, and, you know, you'd be like... Yeah. That antagonize. never fucks with me. That has not fucked with me really? once, I don't think. I guess I, because I'm always shooting shit, I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> That's it, like, because they'll... I'll get the honor, and then they'll come up and talk to me, and I'm like, yeah, let's fucking talk, forgetting that my gun's in my hand and right. that it automatically goes. <laughs> hey, partner. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, never shot anyone, but, like, the moment they see the gun in my hand, they're like, what the fuck? I did encounter the person, um, the dude who kidnapped the lady, and it was on the back of his horse. Yeah. I got the dude off, and I was trying to, like, get the horse, but it just ran, and... I had fallen off the side of a cliff, and so I had to get my horse and go after, and I got negative honor because I let her sit on there too long. Yeah. It was just like, I literally fell off a cliff. Like, oh, that shouldn't uh, fucking count. It's, <laughs> it's more prominent in Red Dead 1 because uh, Red Dead 2, like, it's not a perfect system, but, like, if something is happening near you, like that white dot, will appear on screen, kind of yeah, a general yeah. idea of where it is. But Red Dead 1, there's none of that. Like, It's hard to find them, yeah. Someone can be like being attacked or something, like in the distance somewhere, and you're just like, and you're just like where the that? fuck are they coming yeah. from? And you're like trying to find them, and then like, oh, you, you, let, the, you let the woman and her child be raped and murdered. Bad honor for you. Like, <laughs> it's like I didn't know about it. <laughs> I just kind of vaguely heard something in the distance. I guess it's more, which is weird because usually Red Dead Two is a lot more naturalized in a way that I think uh, makes the first one more fun to play. Uh, like the first one is a lot more gamified in the in the sense of like the horse breaking or the fact that you can have like. I have like five or six horse deeds that I can just swap horses out whenever I want to. If a horse pisses me off, uh, I can just shoot it and get an and get another one just just right then and there. Whereas like horses are alive in Red Dead Two, yeah. you know, like you can actually oh like God. I don't know. I really them. I prefer that stuff. I always prefer the immersion stuff over the like overt game loops. But that's just the kind of shit I'm into. Like I don't oh, get off sure. on the, like the shooter thing too much. Like sometimes I'll play Battlefield and. I don't know. It's just I totally agree that it's not as much of like a uh, like the game loops aren't as distinct and rewarding. I will say that playing poker in Red Dead 2 is very fun. Yeah, I find I find it a lot a lot better because you're it's it's a lot slower because you're seeing everything from your perspective in the in a Red Dead 1 whereas Red Dead 2 it feels more like you're actually playing like cards. Yeah. You know, with, with people. Yeah, you're kind of playing the people. You go, almost get a sense of their personalities, oh, but, like the sure. way they talk and like what they do. Which I always play uh, play blackjack because I still cannot wrap my mind around poker because the time that I should be learning how to play, I just go all in because I know and I'm going to win. Off, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I 
Yeah, I did that there too, but I've been playing it in Valentine a lot. Uh, I really want to actually get all the gambler rewards this time, like all the gambler uh, stuff. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Something about poker is just really, really fun. And plus, like, the, the feeling of, like, uh, like the skin in the game and just, like, if you have just, like, a few dollars left, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, like, deliberately go and gamble that little bit of money. Yeah. Just so that, like, I can get the, the actual kind of, like, good feeling of having one and then just, like, take advantage of everybody else at the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. I love it when they're just, like... Man, my wife's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> Ooh, sex buddy. Are there any uh, liars dice games in the second one? I don't know. I think you can play dice. Some yeah, you form can play, of it. You can play dice, or you can play you can play dominoes. I can't even play liars dice though, because that's my that's become my favorite thing to do in the first game. Mm. Uh, that's. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how card or dice games work. You just have to play them and feel like a dumbass for a second, and right. eventually you get over it. Well, whenever we were playing D&D and you and Colin were trying to explain the dice game, I was like, let's go for it. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> like, I well, well, Liar's Dice is, uh, say, like three people, and everyone has uh, five dice. In a in a cup, so you shake your dice up, slam them, and then everybody bets uh, a certain amount of dice. Like maybe uh, I would say there are three um, uh, twos in the whole whole pot, and you could say there are more twos, there are that or more of a higher number, or say that I'm spot on. Or call my bluff, and if you're right, I lose a dice. If you're wrong, you lose a dice. And the last person at the table to have dice is the winner. And I enjoy that um, because there actually is like an element of of strategy mixed with the randomization of it. Because you know exactly how many dice there are, and the fewer there get, you can actually start to like parse together. Okay, he has two left so he can't know for sure that there are that many dice on the table so and he says there's this many of that so you can kind of get like an educated guess and like the closer you get to the end the more like assured you can be in your answer as the risk becomes higher yeah it's a really fun game poker does poker does that same same kind of thing it's just that in Liar's Dice, it's a lot more, like, gamey, and it f- goes faster, and it has, like, more of that, like, uh, uh, just that kind of uh, lizard brain satisfaction. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so, my phone broke last week, so I had to get a new one, so I don't have my notes about... Um, about these the missions. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, any substantial moment of, like, conversation or dialogue that happened that's worth... No, this is kind of the... Uh, 
Anne of Green Gables kind of yeah. <laughs> portion of the game where everything is kind of just like it's romantic and it's a little bit like bittersweet but everything is still pretty like beautiful and you haven't really gotten a sense of the like real weight of consequence like not I don't think it really it really hits hard until the uh the Pinkertons start to show up yeah I I think the I think the first three chapters, up up until really the point where it starts to get bad and there really nothing good happens again, um, is when Arthur gets captured by the O'Driscolls. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of the end of the line of any kind of um, denial that you can kind of kind of live in. Most yeah. of chapter two is is pretty laid back, and it's it's the best place to be in the game um, to kind of live in for a while. Uh, it's a good time to to explore and hunt. Although I find myself doing most of my hunting, I enjoy hunting more in chapter six, um, like later on in the game, because I feel like. And that's when I do like a lot of my whatever legendary hunting I'll do, because yeah. I feel like that was something that Arthur connected with Hosea on. Oh yeah. And now that he's gone, that means a lot more to him. Are those little like yeah. quiet moments out in the out in the woods? Right <laughs> now, it's more of just um, having uh, plenty of stock. So when bounty hunters come for me, I have yeah. like. Some I have some prime rib to to eat in the <laughs> middle of, in the middle of battle. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the um, yeah the 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 most hunting I do in the beginning is mostly scavenging. I'm not yeah. really like it. Kind of feels a little bit more desperate, a little less directed. Yeah. Than tr- like traditional. It's just hunting. making sure the camp has food. It's mostly what my horse runs over. Is <laughs> when I end. Is what I end up eating. Yeah. yeah. Like because. <laughs> Arthur's just like yeah. most of the money that I'm I'm getting as Arthur in the beginning is just like looting people. Right. You know, just fucking uh robbing an occasional coach if it really feels like the guy driving it isn't meaning anybody any good. Do you fence coach as much? Uh I haven't yet cuz I haven't even gotten to that yeah. that particular mission in this one, but in the in the first game, that's one of the main things I do to get money up until Arthur starts to, you know, yeah, have his his turn. Yeah, I I I fence with with Arthur and I do more bounty hunter missions with John. Yeah. Um cuz they're pretty much net about the same roughly most most of the time, but I I think that's more in in Arthur's uh Arthur's purview than uh than getting so ingratiated with the with the law. Yeah. Uh I do love the way he talks to the lawmen though. It's pretty yeah. fucking funny. There there are some that I enjoy doing with Arthur just because of the like the interactions and stuff that he has. Like with the like what's oh what's her name? Um The Lady Killer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did That's that really one funny. earlier. God She's trying to like. 
She's trying to like hit on you at first, or, yeah. or wait, being no. all like, yeah, at first she's like, if I had a big, strong, burly man like you, yeah. you'd put me on the straight and narrow, aka your penis. Yeah. I don't Bush. know. If I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, I got a little further there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't strike her until uh, she was just like, "I hate you. I should have stabbed you in the gut as soon as I saw you." Yeah. Like enough of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty chill at this at this moment. I feel like there was some interaction I had with Dutch that was worth worth commenting on. Oh, um, and at the party, the, did you hear, because um, there's so many things happening that you can't catch everything going on at the party. Yeah. But were you uh, at the fire for Bill talking about the army? Yeah. I, f- I find that interesting because, uh, like, him, him, talking, him talking about, like, the people that, all they could talk about was getting out of the army, and then when they got out of the army, they got right back in the goddamn army again. <laughs> and you know, if you can tell the, and some people are sh- are sheep, and if you can tell the difference between a sheep and a, a sheep and a man, well, you're <laughs> a better man than I. Uh, <laughs> but that's exactly what happens to him and Javier and John. Yeah. In like they get out. Uh John is is forced to it, but only because of the choices that he made in the epilogue. Yeah. Um is is forced into it, but by choice, Bill and Javier, uh, as far as we know by choice, um get back, you know, get back into the quote unquote army. You know, so yeah. I, I find that just an interesting bit of like narrative, metaphoric foreshadowing. That is pretty neat. Uh, ha- Javier really throws me, because, like, when we open, he's he's more willing to go save John than Arthur is even, and he even expresses that if it was me, our John would come save me. You right. know, like, and like his turn is very dramatic. I think that like he has kind of like a very similar arc to uh, Arthur in some ways, just in like the opposite direction Mm -hmm. where his like life, instead of confronting his mortality, it becomes like a desperate cry against it, you know? Yeah. And why I think he is the way he is whenever John runs into him in the first game. Like he's just kind of like a, like a animal at that point, you know? Yeah. He's just running scared really. Well, the, if you like if you talk to to Javier much like in the later like in chapter 6 um his his beef is all about like you like letting letting Dutch down and yeah, yeah. everything like um i think that he and Bill were more committed especially Javier uh, we're more committed to Dutch mm. and the gang by proxy of that. Yeah. So when the gang, and specifically Arthur and John, come into conflict with Dutch, that overrides his loyalty. As long as yeah. the loyalty between Dutch and the gang is a direct, solid connection with, um, you know, with the voltages matched and everything. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of fucking puzzles on my goddamn Spider-Man game. Um, 
then <laughs> then he then he connects the same like loyalty to John through Dutch. You know, so that makes yeah. sense to me that he would be so like willing to like put himself out there for John at the beginning of the game yeah. and then um willing to like kill him at at the end because it's all being filtered through the lens of how Dutch sees John. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I did have a Bill comment. just doesn't think for himself. What? Bill just doesn't think for right. himself. Yeah. I had a conversation with Mary Beth before I like started any of these other missions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one sitting like out behind the um the carts. You've been killing animals? Yeah. <laughs> he goes she goes you or he goes I've been killing animals needlessly. Yeah. <laughs> and I just let him talk while I was eating Cheetos. <laughs> Does that only happen if you do like kill something and leave it? Um because I I try not to ever do that. But I think so. I think that's what. The only thing I've ever left was oh, it was right after I had to drop that turkey cuz I started Okay, I was hunting not realizing I was in the Leopold Strauss mission mm-hmm. going to kill or get coughed on. Right. Um, and I was hunting, so I came back and call I kept me, trying to turn me. the stuff in. And I ended up having to drop it, go do the mission, and then come back and turn it in. Mm-hmm. And then so it was right after that that the conversation popped up. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was because I had to, like, drop it by Bill and then come back. Oh, I... So... Um, actually, this was Red Dead 1. Um, so I've, I'm up in Blackwater. I've just I've killed Dutch, and, you know, I'm just killing I'm and I'm back home and everything. And uh, and I'm up in tall trees, and I'm hunting for beavers to uh, to go back to Mexico for the for the flying guy, for Kinnear. You know, because he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. needs five beavers and, and so and so and so and so. So... Dude, I've never seen so many goddamn bears. It took me forever to find the five beavers, but I was attacked by, like, eight bears in a fucking row. Whoa. Like, I kill one, skin it, and there's another one right on my ass. Um, but... I fist fought every bear I've come, like, into contact with. Bears are fucking tough. Did, yeah. Did, they are. Did you kill the one when you hunted with Hosea? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. Did you ever get that sorted with like his? Nope. That's such. That's nope. Such uh, shit, so the bear the pelt is one of the ones that doesn't come back if you leave it. Ah, oh, that's so shitty. Didn't yeah, you lose I lost yours? mine too. Yeah. Oh. It just fell off. I uh, know. I I went to do a mission and it disappeared. Oh yeah, but it was on the it was it, on the horse. Po- I haven't been to the trapper yet, so it's possible he still has it. Okay. But yeah. you know, because things with legendary stuff will just get transported to the trapper. Yeah. That, I, that may be one of the ones that doesn't do it I under certain circumstances, but I think that I googled it and it said it doesn't do it at all. Which is so Not weird because that's the first one you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe why. But also, it doesn't teach you that mechanic at all. Right. So. Um. You know, you should have like a an impetus to go to the trapper immediately after that. Yeah. You know, so you can make sure that you get the. Uh, oh yeah. I'd which I haven't gone back for the bear. Um, I, I don't think. But when I do, yeah, I, I go immediately to the trapper. Um, I've learned the hard way. When you kill a legendary or you catch a horse, go to the trapper, go to the stables. Immediately. 
doesn't matter what comes up. See someone getting robbed. Sorry, buddy. I can't lose this horse. It'll be like three hours to fucking break this goddamn thing. Yeah. Sorry about your fucking life. I just didn't want to leave that lady trapped underneath the horse. And that's oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I did. Oh, yeah. And you let her walk. You saved her, but she ended up walking. What? Not the one with the leg injury. Yeah. No. The one that was just standing by the dead horse. And it's just like, I need a ride. She was limping because the horse... No, there's two different ladies you can find. There's one where she's trapped under the horse, and there's one where, she, like, horse just uh, up and died on her, and she's just standing near it. Yeah. Well, I think I've... I was like, the lady who limps was the one right by the bear pelt for me. Right. Yeah, it's not far from that, because you take her to Valentine, right? Yeah. 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 And so she, like, you can either make her walk or... Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, the one I did leave though, I I waited there for so long that she was just like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like there staring at her like, oh, you see I got this pelt here. Uh. <laughs> um. So this next week, just do the Mary the first Mary mission, and uh, and then whatever time you have to free roam and do the do a side mission or. Or two, or because this is like I did said. Did you go hunting with Charles? What did you I go hunting with Charles? I haven't done anything. I mean that you can do that right after. Um, after like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. No, I know where you are. Never mind. Yeah. Because this is one of the probably the best time to just, um, yeah, like go go hunting or. Um, Rob a homestead or whatever fun things that you like. I literally have not been able to get like on the PlayStation very much. So I've not done any house robbing if it's not been in a main mission. I've not done like anything beyond hunting because the camp was super low and that was like for maybe 20 minutes tops right by the camp. Did you play it all yesterday? Before, after my phone took a dunk, I played for about 30 minutes, and then I kept getting bounties out on me, so I stopped. Hmm. So I was getting frustrated. I kept getting too close to Blackwater. Mm. Yeah, that's, that one fucked with me for a, a while. Because, like, if you just set your waypoint to where Javier is on the map and you go up that way, you're going to get fucked every single fucking time. You got to like go around and underneath and like yeah. make your way up to him. Yeah. Um, and I was also just near someone who died. Like I saw them and was like yeah. on my horse, just like I stopped and was like, is that a fucking, and someone drove, yeah. just rode by and was like, uh, you killed. So I've been running because I just happened to be by a lot Wild of Wild West bodies. justice yeah. for you. Yeah. You were near a dead body. I was near a dead you body. must be, must be the murderer. So I was very angry because my phone was not working. It took, it fell into the sink, and I just kept getting bounties and was like, "Fuck this!" And then you walked in. And for the first time, I actually did what I was supposed to, and like snuck across and snuckily killed the the two like guys at the bank with Javier. Because usually I just fucking pull a shotgun out and shoot them both, you know, and just going about. It doesn't matter. Like, you go around the corner, you're still going to get shot at regardless the same. So, yeah. I I wish you could be a little bit, like, if you pull that off, you can, like, sneak through. Like, sometimes I prefer, a lot of times, I prefer um, at least the option of stealth over a a shootout 
you know it's more dynamic exactly and you're you know you're gonna get a ton of shootouts just playing the game right but you don't get a lot of opportunities to be like uh, how do i find the best route through here and think about placement and all that stuff so and um and actually before we get to uh the bad batch um i'll say a few things um because everyone, you know, is talking about the Spider-Man game that came out two years ago that I finally fucking played uh, this weekend. Mm. God damn, mm. that's a good game. It is fun. It's really fucking, really fucking nice. Uh, the story is is great. Um, and like, I love that you that you never fight. The whole Sinister Six. The one time that that they all attack you is a cutscene, and then you yeah you fight them like. There's kind of that moment where uh, you're at the the prison. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there like there's more than one of them at least? Yeah, I can't remember who's there. there. A, you fight um, Electro and Vulture together. And yeah, then you fight yeah, yeah. Rhino and Scorpion. Yeah. Together. Um. And then you fight Mr. Negative on his own, and you fight Ock on his own. Mm. And at first, I was kind of like, okay, this is just kind of a repackage of the ending fight. It's kind of a repackage of the Spider-Man PlayStation game where basically you just have to avoid him. But then, like, you're, um, he crushes your web shooters, and you have to just actually just, like, fight him one-on-one and it's really like nice and and visceral um but i i love that you don't fight them all because then everything else would wouldn't feel like a challenge anymore it's kind of the same thing with like i know arthur can arthur yes tuberculosis but he had tuberculosis when he fought through a fucking army at yeah. the fucking oil refinery. You can't you tell him he can't beat the shit out of this fucking fat fucking piece of shit. Like like I don't believe that. But I believe that Spider-Man can actually be challenged by 30 um motherfuckers with goddamn machine guns and shit yeah. because yeah, he can still be challenged by like six superhumans. Um Yeah. I do love the feeling yeah, that combat system is just yeah. it's so much fun. And I I honestly, I loved probably my favorite parts of the game in a lot of ways were the missions with uh, MJ and Miles. Because if yeah. you were doing those as Spider-Man, then it's like, why can't I just Spider-Man through this? Like, the, when you're doing Spider-Man stealth missions, I'm honestly like, this would be a lot more fun and challenging if I had to actually be, you know, I... My Spider-Man-ness is going to waste in this mission, you know, and there's also less of a, like, sense of danger and, and urgency. But when you get it from, like, Miles or MJ's perspective, like, all, all you can do is sleuth well, you know, that's like... Right. So... Oh, like that scene where the... Um, is, is it a community center or whatever it is? The, the yeah. like, civic center? Yeah, the feast where, or whatever? Yeah. I can't remember if that's where it happens or if it's City Hall where uh, the uh, like the explosion happens and Miles' uh, dad dies. Oh, yeah, uh, City Hall. 
Is it City Hall? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that scene immediately after is fucking yeah. awesome. I was like really worried because I because I thought that like they might just like okay just killed Peter then and then you play the rest of the game as Miles. Whoa. And I was like, what the fuck is like? Uh, but obviously, you know, Peter miraculously gets gets better. I do wish that like they had uh, fucked with the models a little bit more. Like after that, Peter should have had a little bit of a limp at the funeral, and after like Miles uh, punches him as Spider Man, the next time he sees him, he should have had like a little bit of a of a bruise mm. and like. You know, it's like little things, because especially with, like, since Miles is involved in both of those, like, start to clue him in to, like, to what's going on with, with Pete. But, um, but yeah, abs- absolutely great game. Uh, and I got the Game of the Year edition, so I got the um, the DLC for, for free with it. So, um, have you played the, the DLC for it yet? Oh, I think I played the uh, Black Cat expansion. Yeah. Um, there's another one with... Uh, there's one with Black Cat. There's one with Yuri that I just finished. And then there's one with Silver Sable that I haven't started yet. Yeah. I don't know if I've done the Silver Sable one. I, have say, I haven't really gotten into that one yet. Um, I, I love Black Cat's portrayal in this game. But like, yeah. I, was, like I was telling you, I really... And people say, you know, like that it's Lois Lane-esque, but I like it better than most portrayals of of MJ, you know? Oh, yeah, with her being, like, a competent reporter. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and, and the, like, dynamic and, like, tension between them not being, like, all focused on him, like, and on, like, you... You're not around. You're not around enough. You put yourself in too much danger, or, right. or whatever. It's yeah. in how he treats her, and like seeing her as as an equal, and like uh, and and a partner in in what he does. Because you know the whole whole thing of of honey, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna stop me some super villains. You make sure the you make sure the coffee is hot and the stew is right. boiling whenever yeah. I get home. It's so outdated. Right. Like the whole There's thing no growth between that part in the timeline and where Red Dead is. Right. Like in terms of like husband yeah. wife interactions and like the typical in that portrayal time. of of like Mary Mary Jane as like oh well she's she's feisty and and her own woman. Okay, like that's like per, like progressive or whatever in 1964. But now it's almost kind of like every woman is that to a point that if you accentuate that, that's just a cliche. Yeah. yeah. You know, like every, everybody is, is independent. That's not an interesting, like, uh, way to, like, yeah. lens to view the character through anymore. Like, Can you believe her? She has a job. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, that's okay. She doesn't care what men think. Well, good, good, but great. Hang on. <laughs> um, what's one other thing? Oh, um, it's like one of those not like other girls tropes. Kind of, yeah. The the portrayal of MJ originally, it's just like, yeah, she she doesn't need no man. Yeah, 
she can she can she can do right all by herself and it's like yeah that should be again that should be true of everyone <laughs> right and i w- and this is just my own like headcanon piecing together but i love how we get a little glimpse into uh into peter's psyche uh, a few times and I, I feel like it wasn't necessarily um, the the being irresponsible or the that's not my problem moment that Peter regrets so much that leads him to being Spider-Man. It's I can imagine this Peter having gone too far um, with Flint Marco. Not or uh, no, that's that's fucking Sandman, the guy who actually killed Uncle Ben. I can't think of his name now. Um, oh yeah, shit. But um, but yeah, I can imagine because a few times with Ock and uh, and Martin Lee, uh, and and then later with um, with Yuri and her uh, DLC, the theme of revenge won't make you feel better comes up. And I like that as a driving force for Spider-Man because it allows him to empathize with his, with his opponents more, you know, with their, like their own brokenness and everything that he's been through what they've been through and he's made the choices that they want to make. And it doesn't make, never made him feel any better. A very Batman, but um, I don't think that Batman actually feels that bad about about death or killing, whereas Spider-Man yeah. I actually think like legitimately like it, he would would recognize that it doesn't make the pain of losing Uncle yeah. Ben go away. Now I just have this guilt on top of on top of that. Right. Yeah. Have to bury in some way, which. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, Peter's response to like confronting mortality and having responsibility in the world is to like spend more time with his aunt. It's to go to school. It's right. to try to try to be the best kind of uh, husband or partner he can be to to MJ. Oh. And uh, for for Batman, it's let me go out and be a uh, <laughs> millionaire playboy right. who just you know who fucks in a uh, yeah yeah in oh, rides in limos. Tower. The scene with May at the at the end. I love how Ock and May knew all along. Like I, I, I loved how um like he had told MJ he was for like that was established from the beginning that she knew, but he was still trying to keep it from uh from Aunt May, but turns out she knew the end the entire time, you know, and obviously, as soon as Ox saw him in the lab, he pieced it together. He wasn't yeah. fucking stupid, right? Um, but yeah, great. Um, actually, we'll probably play again and do a deep dive on that when the No Way Home comes out, or if the trailer ever comes out, or or something. We should play the sequel too. Yeah, I want to. I want to get the sequel. I'm gonna have to get a PS5 because. Wait, uh, does it only play on PS5? No. Miles Morales is on PS4, but there's a Spider-Man 2 
So a third one. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, it's coming for the PS5. Yeah, they, uh, they're re-releasing as a Miles Morales version of the PS5. Yeah. Additionally, with, like, extra content. Can our PS5 is still impossible to uh, find? I don't know. They're somewhere between, like, $700 and $1,000. Christ. And the cheaper option is a digital system, is a digital download of a PlayStation 5. Wait, what? Yep, you heard me. Okay, that leads me to believe that the difference between the two is mostly software. Yeah, if that if that's possible. So I mean, at some that's point, the case, it has to be. It has to be possible. Yeah. You know, like yeah. But if that's the case, if we're at that point, why did they release a new system and not just update the current one? Because um, they can charge more money. I would have to see the specs, like the what exactly is the difference between a physical PS5 and a PS4 for this to make sense? So a um, regular PlayStation 5 Mm -hmm. at Walmart right now with two controllers is $1,200. The PS5 digital console with two controllers, a headphones, and some kind of game pack for two games is just under $1,000. Okay, that has to be like no drive, right? That has to be just like pure download. No no CD for you. Like... I guess so. Because there's no fucking way that a just a download of like a software update, like going from Reason 10 to 11 is $1,000. Like, what the shit? That makes... Like, is there a picture of the digital PS5? I'm sorry, folks, but this is, this is fucking with me right now. We are we are investigating. Okay, digital edition. Digital edition is an all digital version of the PS5 console, with no disk drive. There we go. Sign into your account for PlayStation Network and go to PlayStation Store to buy and download games. Okay, so that's that's the okay. That's what the digital edition is. It is a physical thing right. that doesn't have a disc drive. Okay. Okay. So it's oh, it's not okay. it's not just an update for a PS4. Right. It is a yeah. separate yeah. system. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like physical games. I don't care too much. I mean, like. I forget my passwords to everything too much. I lost so many DLCs and downloads whenever I changed my PlayStation username. Mm. Because it doesn't transfer from username to username. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you that. And then sometimes it doesn't transfer from system to system. It doesn't transfer through usernames? Just give me mm-hmm. one or the other. Like, if it's I'm... only if you like, start a new one, though, right? It depends. Sometimes it does. Depends on how old the, uh, you can rename the downloads were. Yeah, I know. Like, if I have to, like, wait for fucking an hour to install a game, then I've installed the game. I should never have to put the disc in. Like, I can, I should be able to, like, burn the disc. Yeah. Um, And if I'm playing off the disc, then let me put the goddamn disc in, read off of the disc. And And not have to download. And let me fucking play it. Give me one or the other. Because... Like, I have a few, like, PS4 and PS3 games now. Um, especially PS4. Um, but I have to still have to, like, 
put the disc in to play it. So I still have to keep a disc clean and I have to like fucking run updates on it, you know, and, and shit like that. Because if he gets too far behind, shit will start to get buggy and stuff. So I don't know. I wish it was, it was one or the other. I like physical copies, but I also like just having things that I can just pick and choose from without having to like get up and change discs out and scratch them up a little bit every time and have a physical medium and w- the worst physical medium as as far as like durability is concerned um to keep like track of and yeah. keep safe yeah god when i was when i was a a young younger man when i wore a younger man's clothes i had <laughs> that lyric doesn't make too much sense does it um we would keep all of our games on like a CD stack thing, like one yep. of those little just like things. And I don't know how they maintained for as long as they did. Cause every time you're just like, <laughs> you're just like pulling them off of the stack. Yeah. Like one gets trapped at the bottom and just, just getting ground in like a pepper shaker grinder rather. Huh. Um, so yeah, that little di- diversion, um, let's, uh, one more time for a year or so. Let's go back to Camino and let's let's talk about the the inn. Yeah. Gosh, Crosshair, complicated, complicated person. Yeah. Hey, so I want to backtrack real quick. Yeah. Back it up. Oh, never mind. They fucking changed it. Never mind. They were like, I found this thing trying to figure out uh, just the regular digital editions without all the pluses. And it was saying, like, you can get it for, like, 500 at Walmart. And then I actually clicked on the link and it was like, no, sorry, it's 800 Oh. But all the specs are the same. Yep. My bad. Fuck this website. Oh, I said my bad. Fuck this website. Oh, Oh, yep. The B-Boys. B-Boys at it again. Man. Omega really showing leadership now. Just like straight up being an an, uh, irreplaceable part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, now directly responsible for everybody's survival, if not through her relationship to uh, Easy. Is it Easy? Is it Easy? Easy. Easy. It's hard to tell with Omega. <laughs> uh, if not direct through her relationship to Az, then through her just ability to uh, respond to the scenario and think on the fly and be a strategist, really. Um, they mentioned that she's older than them. Yeah. I Yeah, Tech just is like, yeah, she's been here longer than us. Yeah. Which was a question last week, but it wasn't like perfectly clear. Yeah. Um but with that I'm going to say that she is actually the first clone cuz that would make sense that Jenko would request an unmodified clone, something goes wrong at the hormonal level, 
Django wants Django wants a son, and so uh. first clone, and Nala say uh, adapts. I feel like that's the only. He either have to be exactly the same age as as Boba, which doesn't really make sense, or older than him. Um, f- because like there's only like fourteen or fifteen years like that it could it could happen, and she can't be any older than that. You know, um, so and assuming the Bad Batch are like why would they call her Omega? 12, what? Why would they call her Omega? Oh, that's true. That's weird. I mean, yeah. I I actually think that that may be a misdirect yeah. for being called Omega mm-hmm. because yeah, you know that would imply the opposite of what she would be then. You know, right? The Alpha. Uh, I mean, she may not have had an had a name and like obviously no one has a name originally um but like she <laughs> may have just been like you know ct001 or or something oh yeah um and because of like of boba of her being basically the reject of the yeah. Of like the pure modifications, Boba's the alpha designation, and she's the omega because it's just those two. I don't know. That is a good point, but and I could yeah. be wrong. But just in case I'm right, I'm going to just go ahead and plant that dopamine seed gotcha. now. Gotcha, gotcha, and see what happens when we find out more about her yeah. next year. But um, I mean, it would make sense, like if you're gonna take like the pure DNA, seeing how like a male clone reacts to becoming a female clone i guess yeah like because even with star wars science i guess that would be an interesting science thing Uh, i i don't think omega being female was intentional yeah yeah i I, yeah i think that that's that was because everything else about her is normal she doesn't have like growth acceleration or anything like that and she's not like super strong or like or anything like extended like the bad batch is it doesn't have any of those kind of mutations. So I think all that leaves is why is she a girl and not boy? And she, I think that's the easiest answer to to solve her being unmodified and unchanged, but also being different in that way, is that wasn't a change that the Kaminoans did themselves. Yeah, just, It just, just happened? It just happened, yeah. Because it can just happen that way. So, and even if it couldn't, you know, I'm fucking Star Wars. But, um, but yeah, Crosshair. I, I'm glad we got uh, little moments with um, with everybody, or at least of like between the original four to like. Did him and all of their like feelings yeah. about about crosshair and like the choices that he made and everything. Did him and Echo get a moment? Mm, no, no. Echo didn't one. have really much. Yeah, really in this in this episode. Um, I think his only line was complaining about having to share a pod with oh, yeah. uh, with tech. Yeah. Yeah, at least you're not having to share a pod. (laughs) Which, I mean, you know, good for her. I do think it's funny that, like, 
I, I get why s- someone had to go with crosshair. Um, and I get why, you know, Wrecker, no one else could fit in his tube. But how are you going to send the baby by herself? See, that's what I asked. I and thought that was, like, a specific thing so that, like, she would be able to, she wouldn't be condemned with anyone else. And if, if anybody has to be the odd person out, doesn't that kind of increase their chances of survival? She's also super, she's light, so she's more likely to float to the top faster. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it also does her put her in a position where she can be the only one that gets hit by debris like we saw. Yeah. And, you know, I... I love the scene with uh, with her saving AZ because when you think about it, AZ was the only friend that Omega had yep. yeah. for her like entire life up to right up to like a few months ago. That like surprised me. That was like a cool fucking sacrifice moment that no I, I actually yeah I did yeah. not expect. I was just like, oh no, how's Omega gonna gonna deal with the, the loss of AZ? But she's just like, no, fuck it, I'm going <laughs> for him. Yeah. Just like smashes that button. Yep. Uh, so what good. a strong child. Would we still call her a child? Yeah, I mean, experience-wise yeah. and like age-wise, I guess. She's still a kid. She yeah. just had an incredibly eventful life. Right. Yeah. She was just in a tube preserving her youth for however many years. Well, yeah, no, it, she's... She is as old as she looks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how old she looks because she's kidified, but she is 14, I guess. Okay. Like, um... Well, you don't think they... She, like, saw everything as she was, like... Was she in a tube while the other people were being modified, or did she just exist there? No, I think that she... There's a a great, um... There's a great meme on Twitter a couple of weeks ago after the... um, the episode where you find out that she was there uh, when they were like in the tubes and everything, um, and someone drew a picture of uh, of a young Omega just like tapping on the glass, just oh my baby. gosh, you know that's what I that's what I imagine. Oh, okay. She was yeah. a toddler, like young enough to like have memory of them, but it's all just kind of just general. It's yeah. kind of like puppies in a litter. Kind of thing, you know, like gotcha, there's, gotcha. An, there's an imprint yeah. there because she was around them for years in that in that lab while they were like developing in their tubes or whatever. And then they go off and she's left alone in there, which explains how she knew who they all were and why she was so excited to, to meet them. Um, yeah, it all comes all comes back full circle. I found this episode a lot like victory and death the very last episode of the Clone Wars. After we solved the, like, the fucking, uh, the chip problem and everything, and the entire episode is basically just, how are we going to, sur- like, the fucking ship is crashing, how are we going to survive vibe this? And it's very, like, the action set piece really happens in the penultimate episode, and the final episode yeah. is a lot more... Emotional and a lot more character driven, and I really felt that with with this episode, um, that it wasn't a very exciting episode as far as like any kind of like major action moments or anything like that. But you got to that turtle. Good amounts of suspense. 
Like yeah. enough to where I was just like, why aren't you fuckers moving right before Hunter was like, we better get moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When they're in the tube, they're just kind of like standing there for an, an uncomfortable amount of time being like, yeah. should we keep moving forward in this tube? Yeah, I think we should probably do that. <laughs> yeah. Also, maybe turn the flashlights off the moment that you see the, the turtle, the turtle yeah. coming at you. The tortoise. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how dark it would be in there without them because it's kind of like, I assume the lights are scaled. But if you're like that deep underwater and there's no lights, right, it would be pitch black. But you're right. Even even so, like I, I mean, it visually it looks like they could just like shut the the lights off and they'd be just as invisible as everything else around there. Also, why does this fucking giant snapping turtle still want to fuck this thing up? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. They just do. What Tex said to Crosshair in the tunnel. Oh, um. Was. The, yeah. Just because I understand you doesn't mean. That uh, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you defending me? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I you can you can understand where Crosshair is coming from. It's not like an out of the the planet thing. Right. It's just a moral decision that none of us would make. It's just he is that type of person who feels which, that way. Which this mo- oh my god, this motherfucker had the fucking gall, the audacity, the fucking gaudacity <laughs> to fucking tell Hunter. That he takes things too personally. Yeah, yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, buddy. As if you weren't just... Right. You didn't cause all of this because you took it too personally. Weren't you, like, talking about how it was personal, like, maybe two minutes ago? He has scowl lines on his face from the permanent butthurt he constantly feels. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he I'm has going to be a part of it. He has Empire. scarring from how personal this thing was. Yeah. Like he's now just got this giant burn on his head, which uh coincidentally in a in a place where it like doesn't uh, affect him that much. Obscures whether yeah. or not we can actually have a like a sure answer on the ship question. But I mean yeah, it's I, I mean I think the an- um Omega the kinda yeah. Did an interview and were questioned about that and they you know, obviously you can lie, but the they say what I assumed, which was, yes, his chip is gone. And if you pay close attention, you can notice the moment that he, when it would have happened and when he, how he changes after that. And, yeah, like, was after... Was it when his face got fucked? And after yeah. that, he becomes a lot less of kill the child um, yeah. than, than he is before then. So, yeah, I think, I think Crosshair has lost the chip, and it is... It, it makes a far more interesting story. Uh, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you know his pride won't even let him be like, "I recently got the chip removed." Right. It, like, because he's working through all his shit, he's just like, "It doesn't matter." Yeah, it's a I'm stronger, sticking yeah. to my. It's a stronger negotiating move to be like, "My mind hasn't been." Yeah. Completely uh, like. But altered. Omega wrecked him. Whenever she was like, I was hoping it was your inhibitor chip. But yeah. turns out you were always yeah. this way. Just, yeah. That was just her being wrecked by him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But the, the fucking bomb she drops at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where she just, you know, you could have still <laughs> came with us. They're your brothers. You're my brother. <laughs> yeah. And that's the interesting thing is I I think that that this re-endears uh, crosshair 
to them, but it doesn't solve the conflict no. between exactly. them. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the really interesting thing going forward is even, like, he's still cool with the Empire. Like, it's not a thing of, like, well, the Empire left him, so now he's... And the Bad Batch left him, so now he's alone in the world. Yeah. So he still thinks he has a place... In the Empire. In the Empire. Yeah. And the scouts are going to pick him up. It's not like where he's just going to be left right. on Camino. My yeah. question was whether or not they were going to still use him as a pawn or not, because that one dude was pretty wanting him to die there. Yeah. I think having him survive Camino and still be down with the Empire would be enough for him to be like, okay, you're valuable. Well, and here's the really interesting question that is like the pivot point of what happens next season is what does Crosshair tell the Empire? That's what I was thinking. Because he could just say, I mean, he does have loyalty to his brothers. We've seen that. He he does still still care about them. Um, And so he could just say that they they drowned. They're not going to fucking look for him. Mm. You know, like he could just say that they went down. I barely managed to to escape the the fucking... um, Yeah. The ship just fell into the water... Or that would be really interesting because they could then have Crosshair be hunted by the Empire separately for lying. Like they get evidence that he's lying and think of him as like a, yeah. even though he still internally never made the the choice to be against the Empire. Right. It's the natural occurrence of mm-hmm. them being like a. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if Crosshair is just going to lie and be like they drowned or if he's going to just white lie it in a sense right. just complete omission just i barely made it yeah. out they went down with the ship he he knows what happens if he tells and he could still tell but i don't think he will i don't think that's where we leave their relationship at at the end um and my i imagine that next season with crosshair it's going to be like um like they both, he they always end up in situations where they have to work together, and you know, and he's like, "All right, I'll let you guys go this time, but next time I see you, I'm I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, it's almost and, like Commissioner and then Gordon. The next time rolls around, it's like, "God damn it, you guys again!" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like early Batman and Commissioner Gordon, where like ostensibly they're supposed to be kind of enemies, right? But it never really actually plays out like that. Huh? But what else? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what was your immediate reaction to uh, to the boat scene? Did you think that that Crosshair was actually going to to shoot Hunter? No, I I had definitely had a pause moment, and I liked that. I was just like, "Oh, what the fuck's happening here?" Because there's no way he's making it out of that if he shoots Hunter, right? You know, yeah. It was, it was more like, "What is he doing?" But then you know, he fires the the grappler. Um, I did like that. Immediately after that, we cut to the other uh, members of the of the batch, and they're all just like pointing a gun at him, <laughs> like. And he tosses his weapon to them. Yeah, which I don't think they gave it back. Hmm. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. It's Omega's now. <laughs> it yeah. is Omega's now. 
See, whenever I saw him pull it out, I didn't know he had the grapple option. I just forgot, or maybe we haven't seen yeah, it before. Yeah, no, I think we've seen him. Okay. So I was like, I is he about to shoot the child so she doesn't, quote unquote, drown? Quote unquote, <laughs> drown? So she doesn't actually drown? <laughs> yeah. That was my thought. That is dark. <laughs> oh my God, that's dark. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, any other thoughts on the episode or the um, the big the big picture overall? I really really love this season. I, and I really yeah. loved um the fact that we really didn't get like a cliffhanger and that's so refreshing. Yeah. yeah. In a I modern really TV it. show to let a like a season stand on its own. I'm looking forward to what happens next. Yeah. I'm pretty sure from out after the first episode. I'm looking forward to what happens next. I'm invested in these characters, but I don't feel like manipulated into like yeah. some last minute fucking hook to guarantee that I watch I didn't the need next it. season. Yeah. 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 Like I can I can wait. I'm like I'm only anticipating it because I love these characters so much and it's the only place that I get to experience these these characters. But Nolan was kind of shocked that there weren't any casualties out of the main group. Uh, yeah, at the end I was just like, huh, no casualties. But it really felt like they landed it. Like, it didn't yeah. need it. Like, it, this isn't Game of Thrones where they're, like, stringing you along by a combination of those cliffhangers that are sometimes frustrating and just, like, having so much blood on screen. Constantly. Not even just, like, the violence of it, but just, like, the, the need to constantly be deleting characters to show you that the world has weight. Like, you can have drama and conflict without, you know, removing chess pieces. Right. Yeah. Um, great show, great ride. Um, I guess for the next few weeks until uh, Star Wars Visions comes out we'll be uh talking about what if and what's going on in uh in red dead so yeah um check back in for that um the next time you see the whole uh fan of nonsense notification pop up on your uh podcast app of choice uh patreon.com slash indie carnival if you want to give us a dollar um we do nothing to deserve it but it would make us feel better and we might do more things if we felt like people were actually engaging with it. That's, uh, you know, and, you know, markets and algorithms and all those horrible things that we are all slave to and all that. Uh, speaking of algorithms, like I said before, there's a new video up in the Cinema Dialectics uh, playlist on the YouTube channel. Uh, so go watch that and like and subscribe. Uh, and get Be Good Elliot. Uh, Till the Heat Dies Down EP, wherever you get your digital music distribution or uh, or physical copies are available. I don't know if we have a system to get those to people besides, like, in person. But uh, I mean, if you put an order in, we could mail it to you. Yeah. Sure. Um, Foxes has a new single coming out in the next uh, few weeks or month or so. There's some Makewell up on Spotify. There's some Boxers up on Bandcamp. And uh, if you are in the Nashville, Murfreesboro air area on September 25th, yes, uh, Be Good will be playing a short and sweet set at the Boro Fondo Festival. So stop there and say hi to the boys. Um, 
But with that, I believe we will be making our exit uh, unless you guys have anything else worth note. Well, I got a gold buckle I can donate, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, do you uh, rewind? Do you sell your, uh, like, the shit that you find? I usually donate it to the the camp and then... Uh. Yeah. I donate money to the camp. Hmm. Like, I split it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll donate a lot, and then I'm like, okay, the camp's kind of built up. I have the the upgraded camp stuff. Everyone has what they need, bare basics as it is. But then I'm like, I'll donate all that. Got that done. I'm going to go get my shit. Yeah. Right. I also always keep the pen. I did, and then I got to the epilogue, and you don't have it anymore. So yeah. I'll just sell it. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Right, yeah. But I still keep it. <laughs> Because I'm like, uh, I feel like Arthur would think, I told him I had a good memory. What if I forget his name? <laughs> yeah, but you let Jimmy go, so that may have something to do with with it. That is true. But He's going to come back boasting about how he kicked your ass, isn't he? Huh? What? Jimmy? No. no Jimmy's the guy who from Blackwater. Yeah. Yeah. The one that gave you the pin. Yeah. He, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't come back. Well, I don't even like you run into him or anything like that no. later. No, you never Not see him again. So it doesn't matter that Arthur has a real good memory. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I All got right. a good memory. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week sometime. Oh, Arthur. Bye.